Welcome to episode number 56 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies you need to build an online business about your research experience, about your expertise, about your background, and make the change you want to make in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we have on the call a very special person, Dr. Caitlin Foss from drcaitlinfoss.com. That's Dr. C-A-I-T-L-I-N-F-A-A-S. Don't forget the second A. And we're talking about building a business while being on the tenured track. So, Caitlin, I want to say a big thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on the Grab Blogger podcast today. So happy to be here, Chris. We've known each other for a long time now. So this is exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. Caitlin has an undergraduate degree from Kent State in psychology, 2008. She has a master's and a PhD in human development, family studies from Virginia Tech. She started as an assistant professor in 2013 of psychology at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and is now a earned tenure and has uh, had promotion to associate professor in 2019 and became the department chair at the same time. I believe I met Caitlin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, in 2016 maybe? That sounds right. As part of part of the self-employed PhD group, which is now part of Beyond Prof. And was that when you were starting your business, Caitlin? Yes, I started in 2016 and had some of my first clients in 2017. Yeah, so we were, I started in 2016 too um, with my blog and turned into a business in 2017. Um, so Caitlin and I were doing catch-up calls with uh, with the group there and trying to figure out this thing called online business and get things off from the ground running. So we're, we're here four years later chatting about her story um, and what it looks like to be part of the university, part of the tenure track process. Um, and also starting and running a business at the same time. So maybe we'll get started at the start. You're getting ready or you're on the tenure track. Um, you're assistant professor in psychology at Mount St. Mary University. What made you think about starting an online business? In 2016, I had a big career crisis. I was in, what was it, year three or four at that point. And we were having some university issues happening like I thought I was on a path to be a dean someday or what would it be like to be in administration? And after what was happening at our university, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I want to go into administration. Hmm, interesting. So I worked through a lot of that. And I also at the same time was putting a lot of energy and effort into helping my students. but. I was running into some brick walls. It was like I was spending too much time. And uh, I actually needed to back off a little bit to open it up and be a better professor. And one of the ways I did that was by spending free time thinking about coaching and taking my mentoring to another level. And just like, I, what is this side hustle thing people keep talking about? And what is it like to build a business? I haven't been part of this world. I'd like to learn more about that. So I started that process in 2016 and started some coach certification uh, and took it from there. Really started editing papers for people too as a way to fund the early parts of my business. I did some consulting, some statistical consulting and just kept evolving it and really got into a pattern of the things I do on the side help fund my business and help it grow over time. And I mean, at first it was just also like, could I pay off my student loans? That would be great, right? And then let's see where this goes. 
and my university isn't the only source of income was another part of the motivation there. So I'd say even two years ago, I did hit a wall of like, why am I doing this? I'm getting ready for tenure. And I'm like, what is the side business I kind of keep doing and then sometimes pull back from. And then I stuck with it because I joined a coach certification program for, through the Life Coach School, Brooke Castillo. And she offered her first online coach certification. And I was at this point in my business where I said, I keep helping people with their careers and they seem to be taking action some of the time, but not all of them are taking action. What's going on here? And so Brooke offering her first online program and me being ready for that program lined up perfectly and re-energized me for the past two years of where I've been in my business. So that's the short, long version. (laughs) No, I love it. And I want to jump through actually a couple of those stages, but maybe just so people know, I mean, my knowledge of you, I know that your superpower is around productivity and coaching people, life coaching, and you have different aspects to to that, um, including eating and health and things. That's kind of where I know you from. So maybe what is your, your business today? And then we'll walk through that path of 2016 and, and moving forward through those different business models. Yeah. Right now, it's all about helping other academics overcome self-sabotage. So that looks like procrastination is a common topic for my clients, uh, overeating and over drinking. Those are the top three topics, I would say. And within that comes imposter syndrome and all kinds of other family issues that come up, uh, sleep, all kinds of topics. But for a lot of my clients, I'm their general life coach and we talk about all aspects of life as we go through uh, sessions together. Yeah, I love that. And so... So I'm going to rewind back. So 2016, you're you're on the tenure track. You're an assistant professor um, now for a number of years, but you're feeling uh, that you're not really enjoying the process or something there. You're hearing maybe about these kind of side hustles and people getting started online. Just take the the listener through because I'm sure there's someone that same. There's listen, someone listening to this podcast right now in that same position today. What did you do first to to get started online to start the world of side hustling, if you will? Yeah. So like a true academic, I did all the research, which (laughs) isn't research. (laughs) (laughs) It's not necessary, but it's in true academic fashion. So I gathered all the books about side hustle. Now, thankfully in 2016, there weren't too many of them. So I could only do so much research, but I quickly found some of the big names, started to study what they were doing involved myself in like, where can I find other people, right? That's part of how we found each other. And I wanted to connect with other people who were thinking about the same thing. At the time, it felt like no other professors were doing this. And that it was really strange. Like, why would you do this? Fast forward 2020, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And I think this is probably on more people's minds as we have pay cuts and life circumstances are quickly changing. I'm really grateful for where I am right now. Like, oh, hey, past Caitlin, thanks a lot for starting that business because it's really changed what's happening for your family right now. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm grateful to my 2016 self for getting started back then. But it did involve a lot of research. And I have several business clients too that I see as in they're building their business. So I coach uh, also uh, in a program where I see about 51 people a week on all kinds of topics in 20 minute sessions. 
And one of the common topics is business. So I see a lot of new entrepreneurs and they'll be telling me about a plane is safe and how they're making their plan, how it's going to be perfect. And I can see myself in that. And it's like, well, actually, what if you leaned into just getting started? Like, what if you started there? That might actually teach you a lot faster than trying to do all the research and plan it out perfectly. Yeah, you hear it. You go to events a lot. You'll talk with people that are that are on the cusp of of getting started, and and it's like, well, I'm going to do a course, and I'll do a membership, and I'm going to write a book, and 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 I, sometimes you'll see a business plan that really scares me, <laughs> um, and it's like, well, really, you want to? I like to look at evaluate what assets you have, and including your own intellectual property. What do you know how to do? What are you competent to do? And I think we'll get into competency with the certification later on this episode. What can you do and what do people need? And then what do you want in your life? And if you kind of draw a Venn diagram there, in the middle is the thing you should be doing. And the model, the the business model, the membership or the course or the book or whatever, that's really derived out of that. But a lot of people start with, here's the model I'm going to do and in, in, in six months or nine months or 18 months <laughs> um, or sometime in the future that might happen. And it came back to a key word that I think you use a lot in your marketing and that you've mentioned already on this episode, which was self-sabotage, that planning acts as a crux to not do the hard part, which is to actually do something. <laughs> it maybe it's to sell something, maybe it's to create something, maybe it's to share your story on social media, whatever it is, that hard thing that you're you're delaying doing, which ties back into procrastination. I'm sure you you see it probably ties back into overeating and overdrinking as well. But that's really like the the hard part, right? To get over it. And what I like about your story is that you mentioned that you didn't start with life coaching. You started with something that you're, you know, you were probably doing a lot of at some point in your life, editing papers. What did that part of your business look like? How are you getting clients for paper editing? Yeah, I started on Upwork and I'm still actually on Upwork and it's a great uh, referral source for me. And it's okay. This is one of these important moments though, that I've learned in four years of business. Someone's listening to this and just thought, I'll go make a profile on Upwork and see if it works. And what you're hearing, like what you just took away from that was my how, not what I had to think to be able to make that work. Like what you actually want to hear out of this story is I started to think maybe there's a way for people to pay me money to do something I'm already good at. Like once I started to believe that the vehicle emerged, Upwork emerged for me as a possibility. There were probably 10 other things or platforms or other ways I tried at that time. And that's the one that stuck. That's the one that worked for me. But it wasn't, you know, like there's no shortcut there to you get on here and then you'll just be able to follow the same path. It's like you have your own path in front of you. But it was me putting myself out there. And I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, this worked. This was the thing that took off and then started to help me realize I could make money in a different way and I could uh, start to bring in my own income. Huh. How funny. Never could have guessed in 2016. I love that you said that. And do you, do you see that with your coaching around kind of vision planning, coming up with a vision on where you want to be thinking about and kind of working your way backwards and not really to worry about the how, but the how kind of will but manifest itself if you if you believe in now which i actually do to, to some degree um but the, the how is not really that if you can figure out that vision do you work with people that way in, in your coaching in general absolutely so that's part of my training through the life coach school 
we start with the circumstance, then we have the thought, feeling, and then there's action. And knowing the actions that are going to get you somewhere is not the part where you need to start. You don't need the actions right away. You need to know what your thoughts and feelings are to motivate that action. And then you'll get the result that you want. So what's interesting, um, you know, thinking about taking action, it's like, oh, okay, if I just follow these steps, that's actually how academia works. We do have the clear map. We have the how in academia. And it's like, do these, and then, like, that's how you climb the ladder. But over in entrepreneurship, that's not as clear. And even if people look back on how their dissertation evolved or uh, steps along the way, they realize, like, yeah, I mean, if you had told me it was going to take that, or I didn't exactly know how that proposal was going to evolve or how I was going to get that grant, then you're like, yeah, see, it is a little more complicated than just knowing exact steps in front of you. And uh, well, and I shouldn't say complicated. It's actually simpler, but we as overthinkers and overachievers want to complicate it. Like, no, no, tell me the steps. I'll follow the steps. <laughs> so once I've like released that and recognize that it's truly the belief work, I need to spend time, more time in belief, then the steps will emerge. Yeah. And the reason I highlighted the, the vision thing is because I just looked over at my, my, um, I have a whiteboard here. It's my habit whiteboard, but I also do some vision work on it. And so we're, I'm trying to increase revenue for Dust Safety Science and Grab Blogger by X amount, but I have ridden beside it, you know, why, what does this mean in my life to do this? And, and for me, it's actually the ability to pay to get some coaching in critical areas of my life around sleep and health and stuff. That's what this increased revenue means. And I have a note that says, so I have a plan. Obviously, I have a three-month plan of what I'm doing, but I have beside the note says, you know, is there any other way to do this? Um, is there is there a business model I could or a business model I could turn on or something I could do that would just like get me there even quicker than my my plan? And the reason I mentioned is that early in my career, back to 2017 when I was online, I was making $500 a month on newsletter sponsorships. You may even remember some of these conversations. Oh, I do. I do. And I, I was like, I want to double my revenue. How do I do that? How do I get to $1,000 a month? And I kind of came up with a plan and I actually emailed 20 people and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this information product where I'm sharing um, slides that you can use on presentations. A lot of the consultants that I was dealing with were doing these presentations to their clients. So I'd share them like these batch of slides. It was not a good idea. Um, it didn't fly very far. But I was sitting there looking at, at this, this vision of what I want to have was double my revenue to $1,000 a month. And I said, well, what do I actually have? And I had this lead magnet, which was a report I had written. And I looked at it and said, what if I just put sponsor ads in this, this report? I did the math and I had 15, I give it 15 on a page at $175 each. And it came up to $3,000 and I do the report every six months. So I doubled my revenue and literally sent 15 emails. And within two days had 15 yeses <laughs> and doubled my revenue when my original plan was this really convoluted create a, a information product and put out there and it was night and day that what actually happened was literally i sent 15 emails and got 15 positive responses and doubled my my revenue and then you know we tried to double and double and double and double i think again since then but it's an important thing i i really when i work with people i say the same thing it's why do you want to do it and if you can tie that into what that means for your life does that mean that your wife's going to be able to go on mat leave or your husband's going to be able to take pat leave and not affect your family income or does that mean you can leave your job or your position um, really connect into that 
And then I think you said it more elegantly than me. I said that would manifest itself. <laughs> you actually have some steps on what manifest might mean. But it's important because a lot of people don't do that hard work of figuring out the vision. And maybe that's why, you know, that's what a, a coach can do, I guess, is pull that out of you. Uh, so it's good to hear that. I want to, you, you mentioned kind of going through the ladder. So you're building this business, uh, starting around editing papers, did some t- statistical consulting, moved into the coaching world. But were there any challenges from being a professor and being on the tenure track and kind of being outside the bubble? You mentioned people just didn't know what you were doing. What were the the struggles that you were having in that time? Yeah, well, most of them were in my head. I was concerned about what people would think. I started to put out YouTube videos and I one of my biggest concerns was my department chair watching them. And now he, well, I'm the chair now, but he ended up being the most consistent person to watch my videos for a while. And that was, that was so funny when that happened. Just like, oh yeah, this used to be my biggest fear. And so it was really a lot of getting out of my own way and accepting failure in a lot of ways. I mean, being a plus student and I do things that I'm successful at, this was a lot of trial and error and being okay with putting an email out there and nobody responding. Like you said about your product, you know, like having all this time and energy put into something and then it doesn't work out. It's kind of a lot like papers, except that sometimes it doesn't have a clear linear path like paper writing can from time to time. So this was more like, oh yeah, that's just dead. I got to move on from this. Here's the next thing I'm going to try. Uh, like you described. So a lot of that and then sticking with it being, and coming back to new whys. Like, well, what's my new why for this? And uh, why am I still excited about this? And how do I want to continue to see it evolve? Yeah. And you mentioned kind of two years in that you hit an area where you, you asked yourself, why am I why am I even doing this? Can you Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So it was about this time two years ago. And I remember it because my business bestie, she, uh, we call each other business besties because we spend a lot of time talking on Boxer, an app that's walkie talkie back and forth. We were building businesses at about the same time together. And I think this is so crucial, especially when you're in the thick of it, of just having someone to bounce ideas off of. And for us, it's almost a daily process. So I remember telling her, like, you're going to have to find a new business bestie because I think I'm giving all of this up. I'm going to Greece. I took students to Greece. And I was like, I don't think I'm coming back to my business after that. So good luck. Go find someone new. (laughs) And we talk about that as me trying to break up with her. But I came back and that's part of where it was one of those okay, well, am I going to stick with this? And it was perfect timing for Brooke Castillo to come on and say, I'm doing online coach training. And it was just one of those like, yes, I'm doing that. And I wasn't even thinking about coach certification, like another one or that I needed more training. I was probably advising people not to at the time. I think we go after too many certifications oftentimes. But because I'd been involved in her world and really appreciated what she was doing, her work had helped me so much. And when she offered that, I was like, the skies have parted. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm here. Let's go. And so from there, it's been amazing. Like, oh, that just reignited everything and what I'm up to and was able to build on my skills and really 
help my clients in whole new ways on all aspects of their lives, not just career or like the procrastination piece. Question about about Brooke. Were you following her work before that, before she released her course quite a quite heavily? Yeah, she. Uh, so she has a weekly podcast, and so I found her in 2016, and probably listened to it every week from there, and just kept listening and appreciating what she had to say. And she had a program, and and it's still uh, ongoing. So Self Coaching Scholars is her membership program that she started in 2017. And at the time, I was like, no way, or no, no, no. I was like, I really want to do this thing but there is no way I can afford $300 a month to be part of that program. I just can't do it. So I said no at that time. And then thought about, you know, like looking back now in 2020, it was like, oh, I could have learned so much if I had joined it then. Like I knew in me, I really wanted to be part of that program and I let money get in the way. And so by the time the coach certification came around in 2018, I was like, uh, I already said no to Brooke one time. I'm not doing it again. I'm all in. Let's go, Brooke. So that helped. <laughs> no, I love it. And I brought it up because there's kind of a, there's a marketing um, lesson there about being a content producer. And I think it's good for academics to hear this, especially if they're in a, a novel field, say dust explosions <laughs> or any field that's, you know, crazy niche. If you become that voice, that go-to voice, or even even grab blogger with online business and and what you're doing with helping people with productivity, I send people your way all the time when they have these sorts of questions because you're the preeminence is the word that comes to mind. But like you're the thought that comes into your into my head for that. If you go ahead and put yourself out there and put yourself out there and put yourself out there and create content in a good way, I've had people that have done that to me. Uh, Pat Flynn rings a rings a bell. You know, the person that I really started listening to podcasts to um, James Shremko at Super Bass Business. That when the time is right, it's like it's not even a question. So when Pat had his had his first conference last year um, in San Diego, it was like a buy within two seconds to get into Subas Business Membership. I actually like backdoor hacked it because I tried to get in and it tried to put me on a waiting list. So I went some old email and copied the URL and cut out some stuff and and put it in and was able to get in. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm in. So, but it's it's not a point. And I find myself I usually. I'm like that when I go, when I made up my mind, I want to buy a course It's because I know the creator's so good that once it's available, I just, I get it without thinking. I'm like the annoyed person that's search scrolling through the, the, uh, 30 foot long sales page. Like just where the heck is the, the buy button on this thing? Mm-hmm. Just let me buy. I would like to buy from you. <laughs> and if I can't buy it with, yeah, if I can't buy it in like 15 seconds, I might give up forever and never come back. But you can do that if you become a content creator as part of marketing your business, putting yourself out there. Um, those are long-term ramifications if you do this for a year, two years, three years, five years, and, and kind of get that level. So I bring it up as a marketing lesson inside of that. And then that's kind of why you get started today in, in creating content, putting it out there. I see you doing all sorts of stuff now. Um, I see you doing a lot more video. Probably on Facebook, is that the biggest channel you're kind of doing that on? Or are you doing it on other channels as well? Yeah, it varies on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, I realized too over time of like, I love to be on video. It's so natural for me and I can just talk and explain things. I love to be on podcasts. So I try to really capitalize on those things I already love. And sometimes I write, but it's not my favorite activity or my go-to all the time. So uh, if there's something you do already like, like just keep doing more of that. Even if you think you don't want to put yourself out there 
uh, or, or that is the scary thing. You're like, yeah, I really want to do that, but it's scary. Perfect. Go do that. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I put a quote on my wall back in 2016 from Seth Godin. I think the book's leap first. It may only be available in audiobook, and it's, and I don't know why it stuck with me, but he had these, these lines in the audiobook, something like, uh, or here I'd made this, I'd like to share it here. I'd made this hope change you here. I made this, I'd like to make something like this again. Um, and it was just always stuck in my mind. It's like when you're hovering over the press publish button, just do it and then get on to publishing the next thing. Um, and that's how we, that's how I built that safety science. And that's how we're, we're building grab blogger as well. For sure. You never know what's going to stick because you think the article or whatever you're putting out there is going to be the thing or that people will flock to. And then you're like, it wasn't that one. Look, it was this over here where I'm talking about similar ideas or, you know, a different, you know, type of thing, or it was, this is the time that I executed the message or now my emails that I send to people and they're like, you write such great emails. I really appreciate this newsletter. Like, well, I've been writing it for years at this point and it's a weekly thing and I've developed skills over those years to be able to get straight to the message and what I want to say to people. Yeah. It's a muscle. You, if you don't get started, then you, that's the hardest part is getting over that inertia and kind of getting those first reps. in, if you will, I, I want to touch base on the certification thing because you, you mentioned that you've done it. Um, you've done the certification through a life coaching school. Um, so that's a, a coaching certification. Um, then you also mentioned that you maybe don't recommend it to, to everyone as a, a way to get started. So let's, let's talk through that. Cause I think that's an important thing as an academic. We're all over, over credentialized. That's probably not right, but <laughs> we're all striving to, to be uh, certified for something. Where's that fall with you and, and your business in that stream of things? Yeah. So it's that difference between massive action and passive action that we talk about at the life coach school, actually of massive action is like, Oh, this is going to propel me forward in ways I can't even imagine compared to like, I'm doing this because I'm trying to play it safe. And so for some people, certification is like, well, then I can go coach people and find out if I really like it. But I'd already been coaching people. Like I knew I loved it when my certification opportunity came around, right? It wasn't, I'd already been making money in my business. I was already really passionate about coaching. I wasn't using it as a way to hide from the next step I needed to take. I could see it as, oh, this is really going to help my clients because they're already coming to me with other life things and I'm not quite sure how to help them. So that's how I knew the difference for me and others might recognize that. Uh, so like, are you doing it because you're hiding or are you doing it because you know it's going to propel you forward to the, your next best step? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And the, the follow-up question to that, and um, I think I know the answer, but I want to dive into it a bit is, do you think everyone should be certified for coaching? Mm, that's a good question. Um, no, depends on what your credentials are. For before, how much experience you have, uh, what your goal is, what kind of coach you want to be. There's a lot of great certification programs right now. I'm really biased towards the Life Coach School because I love it. I love the whole world. I love the team, the ethos, uh, being an example of what's possible, everything Brooke does. And so, you know, if you're like interested in it, don't get anywhere near me. I'll just go on and on about it, how much I love it. So, <laughs> but is it the right path for everyone? Definitely not. It was the right path for me and people who are interested or curious about it. I could go on for days about. So 
people should reach out if they want to hear more about that. But does everybody need the certification? No. No, I like that answer. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm happy to see that your your thought process was this active versus passive action or or in a, in Brook language, massive action versus passive action. Because that's the right way to look at it in my mind. I do hear rumblings from the academy and even academics that are building online business that that we need more certification of coaches and and the like and there's different realms right so i think of in terms of competency does does a basketball coach need a certification to teach your six-year-old drills or nine-year-old will say basketball well probably not he probably if he played in high school he's probably well confident enough to to teach uh teach kids how to play basketball but if you know if you're trying to deal with somebody's depression, then yeah, maybe you know maybe you should have some more experience and and something that doesn't say that you're just making up what you're saying. So there is there is levels there, and I understand that. But there is a hard line I find of some academics saying we need more certification, and, and of course they're the ones that are certified. Sometimes they're also the ones that aren't taking any action, the complete opposite of massive action. Um, and, and it, it, um, I'll say it, it frustrates me a bit. I wouldn't say it frustrates me a bit if you came in the other side and said that this is needed, but it's, it's up to the market to decide. And I think what's happening is the market is maturing and looking for better suppliers of, of coaching, of information. And gang certification is part of becoming a better supplier, but on, on the side of the person who's providing it, it's really about, are you confident and, and same as engineering, the ethical side of it, or the values driven side is. You can't be working outside your competencies. So I, I think there's an important thing there to figure out. But a lot of the people that are saying you need to be certified and or saying they need to be certified, even more importantly, that they need to be certified, probably fall in this realm of passive action where it's just the delay of you know doing the hard work, which is going out there and asking for money or going out there and creating content or whatever the hard next step is for you. And I, I made out here, just don't use it as a crutch not to get started use it as something to propel you as to, to get to this massive action, which is a word I'm hearing a lot now. I didn't realize it came from the, the life coaching school, but um, it seems to be one of those, those things that all the cool kids are saying these days. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of common terms for sure, but as Brooke continues to uh, be the thought leader that she is and earn $25 million a year, like all of her ideas and uh, tools are spreading, which is so exciting. Yeah. I love it. So, okay. We've talked through a couple of things. We went through, your background, your journey um, from 2016 onward, actually 2013 onward. We talked about building a business as part of the tenure track. We talked about um, certification in coaching and kind of where that lies. I do want to just talk about what's coming up next for you and where where things might be going in your future, but maybe taking a step back, what questions should I have asked you or which part of your story should I have dived into that you think would be valuable for the audience? And, and maybe we'll chat about that aspect a little bit. Feel like I'm missing something here, and I want to I want to dig into what that might be. You know, we talked about certification, we talked about tenure track. Is there something in there you think that the grab blogger audience really needs to to get out of this interview that I should be asking about? Yeah, I think in academia we are hesitant to invest money that's outside of our degree program, and so sometimes we'll be like, "Oh, I'm going to buy the book and do it myself," which I have totally been there, and on some topics I'm there for sure still. But the more I invested in myself, the faster I went. And once I realized like, oh, sometimes it really does pay to be in 
this membership community or to pay for somebody's time, if it, even if it seems like, how do they charge that much money for the hour? You're like, go experience the hour. You'll find out. It's like, oh, I see now. And I hesitated so much for so long to invest that I think it held me back in a lot of ways. I, w- I didn't grow as quickly or I wasn't getting as much mentorship. I'd be like, oh, do I, re-? you know, I mean, well, it's ironic to say now, but oh, do I need to spend money on a coach to be able to help me? <laughs> and, and okay, if you're even thinking about coaching or being a coach to somebody, you got to believe in what you do. So I have my weekly coach. I have coaches for multiple things at this point. I went all in on that and I get it now. But when I first started, I hesitated and thought, well, I could space it out or do it myself. And if you have the resources and you have, it's that balance between time and money for sure sometimes. But if you have resources and you're just hesitating because you think, well, I don't know if I want to invest, that's actually one of those scary moments that it's like, you probably just need to do it and go find out. It'll probably be worth it. You'll make the most out of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I put uh, a very large portion of all the revenue we've made for, for Dust Safety Science and Crowdblogger right back into the company, training myself initially, hiring staff, and now it's actually training staff. So we have uh, uh, a business systems guy come on for three months to help organize our G Suite and organize our Trello board and that sort of stuff that I've been wanting to do for the last 12 months and just haven't had the, the solid time to put into it. But we're actually had him come on, paid for a um, a multiple thousand dollar course for him to take the course, implement the systems into the business and, and then grow a business that way. So we're, we're investing heavily in, in reinvesting into growing. And it's been a key to, to getting where I'm at today. And you really mentioned that, um, having an online business has never felt more, I never more grateful is the word you said with all the craziness going on out there. Like every friend I have is, getting laid off, um, government, non-government, doesn't matter, university, non-university, or are scared about what's next for them and their family. And my biggest concern is, uh, one, my family, but two, my team. And they're so happy because every, we're going full tilt. They're, we're not even slowing down a bit except for to to pull aside and help um, our clients and people that are struggling with whatever they need to, to be helped um, with. Cause then our, some of our clients are also having, you know, financial difficulties, but having an online business, having a strong system in place has, has put me in a place and, and sounds like it's put you in a place where things like COVID-19 and these external factors are not as scary anyway, as they, they could be otherwise. So we're not in a position where we're going to have to mortgage our hosts unless this thing goes on for the next five years or something. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's never been a better example of of the power of doing this over the long term so i i yeah i couldn't agree more investing in yourself is key getting started today i realized that like literally today there might be some people that are in a in a place where their their family will let them actually start at this very moment but once we get back on our feet from COVID 19 and moving forward be thinking about how can you build things how can you build skill sets on the side to be able to, to move yourself forward and, and definitely investing has, has played a big role in my my growth as, as a business so well, and if I, yeah, if I think about when you and I would talk in 2017, for example, like we both understood the power of virtual assistants and that they could help us do more. I mean, that's part of when people ask me about being on the tenure track and building a business at the same time. Yes, it was super productivity, like using all of my skill sets, but then also being able to hire people at a rate that, uh, 
you know, like somebody having somebody do admin tasks and thinking about what my own hourly rate was in the scheme of things at that point was so helpful to recognize, oh, we save money in the business when somebody else does this task. So a lot of my clients even recommending having a personal assistant or a virtual assistant, whether or not you have a business, actually, depending on where you are in your career, probably saves you a lot of time and money. So that might be something people want to think about, whether or not they're getting started or wherever they are. They're hesitating there. We both knew in 2017, this is a great place to spend money. Well, and the biggest reason I did it was was one time, but two, I knew it was a skill that I needed to develop. Um, so I hired uh, someone off Upwork to help us with um, internet research, basically Googling a list of 40 keywords and coming up with stuff. Um, they're still part of our business today. Uh, so almost four years later. And the key to me was getting that skill set to be able to, to manage somebody, to lead somebody, to coach somebody, depending on what the situation needs, and then start to build those systems in place. So it, it really is a skill. And you started, I mean, when I started, it was literally two hours a week. I think it was $6 an hour. So it cost me 12 bucks a week, saved me probably four hours of my weekend every week. Um, but more importantly, helped get that skill set of here's how you interface and hire out and, and stuff with your skills that are helping me build my, my business today as well. Now I'd say, yeah, it's once you get to a certain point too, you start to think, how can I do this better? Like I mentioned my, my goal on the habit board there. The reason I want to generate more income in the next three months is so that I can pay for more coaches <laughs> to coach you with sleep and health and eating and, you know, to, to have better meals that are maybe prepared and like we're doing good food and stuff like that. Like how can I outsource these aspects of my life that, either I can't do or I can't seem to make the right decisions on or I just don't have the knowledge for or I can't get myself to do the habit of, of doing the right grocery shopping or whatever it is. So I'm kind of at this point now where I'm even trying to figure things outside my business. How do I outsource that to be a, a better, stronger, smarter human, if you will? And then that feeds back into the business as well. So I love it. Great conversation there. So you're still on the tenure track. What's I was going to say what's coming down the track, but that sounds kind of like a pun. What is coming down the track? <laughs> well, technically the track has ended unless like moving towards full professor, but you know, post tenure is a whole new land that doesn't quite have the same requirements as when you're going up for associate professor. <laughs> and so, so when is that for you? Yeah, well, it's, it's open, right? But my path, I really view as doubling down on my business. Uh, so during COVID-19, my husband who worked full-time has been laid off in the past couple of weeks and our ability, okay. Part of that 2018 journey was budgeting and getting really serious about the budget so that I could pay for Brooks program. And now that we are crystal clear on our budgeting, we were able to run a couple numbers, see exactly what we needed from him not having income and I'm in a place to say, okay, so how can I create that for us as a family through my business? And maybe you don't have to go back to work, which would be wonderful because he is such a good cook and so great around the house and loves to tinker with things and would be, you know, the stress that has come off of him from not having to work full time. I'm like, let's do more of this. So I had in my head, maybe I could retire him someday. And now we just sped up that whole timeline of like, hey, how about, is there a way for you not to go back to work? Because maybe we can make that happen. And all because I started a business in 2016. So we're pretty excited. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Um, and I'm so excited to see what comes down the track there. 
do you have and share as much as you you want or that you you want on this i'm not sure where your, your marketing's at but do you know what you're going to be releasing or doing do you know the how of what you're doing yet in case somebody's listening to this podcast wants to go scoop that up right now? Absolutely. So right now it's all zeroed in on coaching packages. So I work with my clients in two month packages right now at $14.95. I'll be doing that for a while. So uh, that's about six to eight sessions. There's daily accountability in there and workbooks and all the things. So that process is all about my one-to-one coaching right now. I have free programs if you need them and, you know, sign up for my newsletter, read my articles if you need free support. But the two-month package, we go all in on getting you a result that you need at the end of the two months and make it happen. A lot of my ongoing clients, we transition into, okay, what's the next thing we're going to work on? What's the next thing we're going to work on? So I'm filling up my summer group right now and would love to have any listeners join me or learn more about it. And I think that's that as I'm headed into the future, I know that how, and I'm focusing on one narrow thing because I know that's in my zone of genius and will help generate income for my family. And I'm not distracted by all the other things I could be doing that might generate revenue down the road, but I'm not dispersing out my efforts. It's like all in on this so that I can make a difference for my family and uh, help my clients get those results. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, right? If you're shutting off all those other ideas, you can sit there and, and get really great results for your clients, which I know you do. Um, and I just wanted, wanted to highlight that. So great interview, great uh, conversation. It's good to catch up as we as we see each other's business continue to grow and develop. Um, I look forward to getting you back on to hear about Daddy Daycare or uh, Mr. Mom or whatever you want to, <laughs> whatever you end up wanting to call yeah. uh, as as that develops. I know you're going to hit it. I know I'm excited to, to see what's coming down the track there. If somebody wants to go find out more about your coaching business, wants to just connect with you and and um, I know you do these kind of coffee, you're used to do these coffee chats. Hopefully I'm not putting yeah. you on the spot, but yeah. you're still doing those. Where's the best place somebody to go to to learn more about uh, Dr. Foss? Yeah, drcaitlinfoss.com. There's all kinds of information on there. And I'm Dr. Caitlin Foss all over social media. So I am pretty good about being on a strict social media plan. And so it may take me a little bit. You might find me a day later or something. You're like, where are you? But I, it is easy to get access to me for sure. I'm happy to help and happy to get on Zoom with anybody and check in, see where they are. Well, I'd highly recommend it. And I'd say we probably do it once every couple of times a year. I'd say we get on, just catch up and see how, how, we're, uh, how we're doing. So I want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast. And again, I am looking forward to getting you on it in the future to hear more about your, your journey as it develops. Thanks, Chris. That's uh, so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Caitlin. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Dr. Caitlin Foss from drcaitlinfoss.com. That's again with two A's, F-A-A-S. Com. We've been talking about building a business on the tenure track. We talked through Kaylin's story about getting started online, not fully understanding or, or knowing where she wanted to go with her academic career. If she's looking for administration roles, she's looking for further teaching roles. And in that, really started looking at, at side hustles and growing businesses online. So started with editing papers, uh, moved through to some consulting work, which we didn't get into too much detail, but then also moved into coaching and over that four-year period, over the last four-year period, has really built up to a you know a, a business that's sustaining the life she wants to live 
today um, and sustaining the changes that she wants to see in her life moving forward. So that's a lot of important topics I know the audience is interested in, how to build a business while you're working full time, how to build a business while you're on the tenure track, how to juggle this kind of academic environment. Um, we talked about certification. I really, I, I honestly thought that uh, Caitlin might come in on on a soapbox and, and uh, in point certification is the only way. And I was happy to hear she didn't further shows that she's an amazing person and that she uh, has, I don't want to say the right outlook, like my outlook is the right outlook, but at least she, you know, she, she falls in the same realm of, of what I'm seeing there is that don't use it as a crux to not get started, to do something, start creating content, to start coming up with business ideas and implementing them in the world. Otherwise, I just, I'm just worried that you'll, you'll never get started. And I really want to see people get started and grow their business so they can change their life. And then closing up, we talked about where she's headed from here, what's coming down the track. Um, we talked about the the true cost of things like training and investing in yourself, investing in your education, investing in your coaching, um, and how that can help you accelerate and grow your business. So I want to say, as always, thank you for listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. If you want to catch Caitlin, you can catch her on Twitter and Instagram across social media platforms at Dr. Caitlin Foss. And you can catch this episode at grabblogger.com slash 56. So have a great week ahead, and I look forward to talking next week uh, with uh, another interview or another show on the Grab Blogger podcast. Mm-hmm.